Citizens, you're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, hello and welcome. That's right, you're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show, a live discussion of everything that makes people like you and I tick. So again, thank you for joining us tonight. I am your co-host, Jay St. G, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York, and always with me, my man, The Fiend from Louisville. Mark, what's shaking, boss? Hey, what's going on, man? Just uh, enjoying a fabulous Father's Day. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads and stepdads and the uh, granddads and any any type of father that you are. Happy, happy Father's, Father's Day. Day to you, sir. Yeah. So. I wanted to start off right off the top with a movie that you and I both have watched uh, this week, uh, Just Mercy. I, I, I think that that is, uh, you know, one of the one of the great movies of, of this year, even though it came out a little bit uh, sort of towards the tail end of last year. Now yeah. it's sort of become available for streaming. It's free. Yes. Um, and I just think everybody in that film did an amazing job. So right off the top, I just kind of wanted to see like what your thoughts were on this movie. I absolutely loved it. Um, I was intrigued from day one because uh, Michael B. Jordan's been on the rise for the last few years now, and right. I've always been a fan of Jamie Foxx. So to, to see the two of them together, it was fascinating. And to add on to, to add to that, um, anybody who's a fan, uh, fan of To Kill a Mockingbird should really like this movie. But the, here's a more fascinating thing: this is this is based on a true story that happened in uh, I believe 1987. Right. So. To see all how it all historically happened and um, how everything was explained at the end of uh, what happened with everybody, it was just what an amazing performance from everybody. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, who's always been great, uh, he has come a long way since his Fantastic Four days. Um, and Jamie Foxx never fails. I right, he is up there with Denzel. I I, I wouldn't put him above Denzel, but. He's just up there, and you know you're going to get a great performance from him. He always gives it his all, and his right. wave of emotions that he expressed, oh, my gosh. And I came to tears at the very end. I really did. And uh, the one thing I want to do, talk about that I don't think anyone is aware of, at least I didn't wasn't aware of going into the movie, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yes. And though his role is brief. Right. My goodness, has this man come a long way. I mean, I, I dare say... I, I know I'm going to get so much crap for this, but I think he's a better actor than his father was. Well, yeah, I mean, and I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think that, you know, he's sort of quietly, you know, taken, taken some smaller roles. I know he had a, a huge role playing his dad in uh, Straight Outta Compton, and he yeah. nailed, he nailed yeah. it on that. Um, anybody that's seen the movie Long Shot knows that he's yes. like the gem of that movie. And, right. uh, and he, you know, even though, like you said, it's a small, uh, somewhat small part, small supporting role in this one, but I think he knocks it out of, knocks it out of the park, you know, with- Yeah, with because he didn't play, like, I, I don't want stereotype or nothing, but like, in the first movie, you know, straight out of Compton, he played his father. Um, and then in Godzilla, King of the Monsters, he played a soldier, which he he didn't really, like the rank, like the different, you know, like like I said, his, his, his acting wasn't too much different. Right. Uh, from there, and then, and then, of course, we then we saw him go. Then we saw more of his acting range in, like you just said, Long Shot, where right. he gets 
funny He was side. just awesome in that yes. movie. And now we get to see the emotional size of him playing a Southern man in right. prison, an innocent man nonetheless. Right. And wow, that I didn't know he had it in him to put, to do the performance like that because I'm so used to seeing him as, you know, Ice Cube's son. He right. wasn't Ice Cube's son in this movie. And right. it's just like, wow, I, I it's just awesome to see this man's career grow. Absolutely, absolutely, and and not only him. I mean, you know, the, the entire ta the entire cast to me was was stacked. I mean, you've got Michael B. Jordan, you've got Jamie Foxx, who, you know, I I would be very surprised if you know he didn't get some kind of Oscar nod or some kind of Golden Globes nod yeah. for this performance. Um, you know, Brie Larson. You've got uh, you know Rob Gordon. Or Rob Morgan, I'm sorry, that's his name, Rob Morgan. A lot of people don't know this person by name, but you've seen yeah. him in everything. I mean, he's yeah. he's the you know he's he plays Turk in the the Marvel Netflix movies, sort of the the uh, oh, okay. Okay, the, okay. the the criminal that that all the superheroes harass. Uh, he's also in Stranger Things. He's been in a bunch of of things as sort of a as sort of a smaller principal player. Uh, but in this, I think he really shines. He really, you know, he plays. Um, yeah, I don't even know the name of the character, but he plays a, a Vietnam vet that has mental problems and sort of accidentally yeah. kills a young girl. And and so, you know, the the his his last walk, that scene of of him and his last yeah. walk to to be executed is one of the most powerful oh scenes my in the gosh. movie. It, it is. You know, There's so many, so much, so many. Powerful scenes. I mean, I won't lie to you. There were were a couple of dry spots in the movie. I mean, that's to be expected in a, in a, right. in a house drama. But man, at the end in the courtroom, and then um, I, I don't want to spoil anything. I mean, I mean, I know it's history, but just when it all comes together at the end, I mean, I cried. I really right. did. And only right. only only Jamie Foxx could make me cry. Honest to God, like, yeah. really delivers at the end, and to see. All, and then, of course, reading all the historical facts at the end, it was just, it was fascinating. I loved it. Um, anyone, listen, it, the movie is free right now. We don't know for how long. I think for the whole month of June, it is free. Right. So if you have Amazon Prime and I think Crackle and a few, I think it's there readily available for free because um, this movie definitely did get shafted by the the pandemic and everything. And now, now it's readily available. I highly recommend watching, even if you say you don't like it i mean this movie this, it's free just take a chance to watch <laughs> it it's, it's it's i i reckon from both of us we rec highly recommend yeah, it i definitely second that i definitely think that anybody who has the time you know invest a couple hours and watch this movie because i think that it'd be worth it for you i think you'd really enjoy it you know you'd learn a little bit about you know some of the civil uh some some of the civil liberties issues that we've had and some of you know some of the need that we've had for sort of uh, prison reform and criminal reform and so you know it, it touches on those issues so again you know I, I highly recommend that you watch it yes and uh, speaking of Jamie Foxx um, some uh, new a bit of news that's been catching momentum in these last few days here um, that's extremely fascinating um, I'm it's no secret um, Mark and I were martial arts fans. I'm a diehard boxing fanatic, and Jamie Foxx has been prepping to play Mike Tyson in a biopic, and man, is he jacked up yes. right now. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so this is actually, you know, it's, I think it's important to note that 
this movie has been in development since I think 2014. I think that's yeah. when they first announced it. Yes. You know, and then we didn't hear anything for a really long time. You know, and just a few days ago, you know, we sort of get the affirmative from Jamie Foxx that he is, that it is still on and that he is still playing uh, Mike Tyson. You know, in fact, Ooh. he, right. I mean, I it, mean, the it, man was always in shape, but to see now he's like right. scary, like, oh yeah, my goodness, he looks completely. like Tyson, like, oh my God, like, yeah, uh, he's, yeah, he's gonna, I have no doubt in my mind. Um, and the interesting thing is, too, is it, I guess Scorsese is somehow involved in this movie. They don't know. I don't know if he's directing or producing or what. But Jamie Foxx has confirmed that this is that this movie they're going to use a lot of the de aging technology that we saw in. Irish. That was my yeah. That was my question about that because um, he gave he was he was he did a radio interview sometime last week and he kind of mm -hmm. gave like a um, you know gave us an idea of how the movie would open and uh, you know talked about a lot of flashbacks and things like that and he, he alluded to technology being used and how it would make him look uh so much more like mike tyson and so i wondered well is this going to be de-aging technology because you know when he first announced it he was yeah. still in his 40s but now you know i think he's like 52. so he's yeah i looked it up he's he's 52 years wow, old so. okay <laughs> so so he's a young 52. I, I thought maybe he was in his 40s still but okay Right, right. Yeah, he's, you know, he like, you know, like a, he he's Jamie Foxx. So, you know, yeah. the guy doesn't age. Yeah. So so with that said, you know, is how far back are they going to go? Are they going to go back to his Golden Globe, uh, Golden, Globe Golden Gloves days, yep. you know, the Olympics? Um, are, or is the or are the flashbacks going to go back to sort of Buster Douglas and beyond? You know, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, Thing to thing to wonder so i was just you know i was curious what you thought about that too yeah i was thinking about that too because i feel like when when you think of the story of boxing you think of the story of mike tyson you cannot not talk about how he was the youngest heavyweight champion at age 20. i mean you, you cannot not talk about that and then of course you cannot talk about his breakup with teddy atlas right um of course you just mentioned buster douglas and of course, the one that everybody knows about the the Holyfield ear biting. Yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> it, it's like I don't. You cannot not make that movie without showing and talk about these things. So I to do this movie justice, I think you gotta make this you know probably a two and a half hour movie at least using the um, all the events that we just talked about. But they can't wait to see how Fox will deliver this performance. Even even the, the good the good things that Tyson did and the ugly side right. of his career. I mean, you cannot not talk about it and I'm um, wondering what they're gonna show. I mean, not to go into the details of Tyson's history, but there's some there's some dark times in his history. And I Absolutely. You can't not talk about it. And I'm sure, I wonder how Tyson himself will, will feel about that. I mean, it's all already out there. And even in the, in the, doc, the Mike Tyson doc, um, Tyson goes, you know, talks about that thing. So I'm, sh my my gut tells me that we will see the, the good and the ugly of of Tyson, and um, and I can't, I'm looking forward to it. Either way, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I I I'm I'm right there with you. I think they they will sort of touch on some of the bad stuff. Uh, you know, uh, years ago, I want to say sometime in the '90s, Michael Jai White played Mike Tyson in an HBO movie. And they stopped oh. just short of that point where you know he had, he had actually gone to prison, and um, 
you know, I don't know that that um, I don't know that 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 you can really do a full blown like you said. I don't know that you can really do a full blown Mike Tyson movie and like show how he got from point A to point B without talking about some of this stuff and yeah. you know and 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 exposing it. It's not like it's a big secret. It's all public knowledge, yeah. but. You know, um, I think that Mike Tyson is in a much better place now than he was oh, like 20, I'm happy 20 to see years ago. Life around. And uh, I was lucky enough to meet him a couple of times um, because I lived near the Boxing Hall of Fame parade and I also worked at a, um, at a casino that had a boxing ring. So right. I, I, I had a couple of interactions with him and it was actually real cool to meet him. Um, I didn't get to have a conversation with him, but it, it was brief. And, you know, I'll lie to you, I was pretty starstruck. Um, <laughs> as anyone I, like i said i am a boxing fan and um and yeah like i said it's, it's I'm, I'm i'm happy to see the place that mike tyson's in now i really am same here same here and uh continuing the boxing trend and continuing just mercy michael b jordan um the creed three rumors are still out there um i feel like like I, I want, I've been dying to talk about this for a while. I, I am a huge defender of Creed two. I love Creed one. I'm, I'm a defender of Creed two. Right. And I loved, um, the one thing I loved about Creed two is we actually saw the, the, um, we got to see Drago. Like we made, they made Drago a sympathetic character and we got to see closure on Drago. I feel like we need to see closure on Clubber Lang. I don't know if that's the direction we're going to go in, but that's what I want to see. But I'm also hearing rumors that Creed 3, there's going to be a Creed 3 without Stallone. I'm also hearing there's going to be another Rocky movie without Michael B. Jordan. I don't know how true that is or if there's actually going to be a Creed 3 with both Stallone and Michael B. Jordan. But um, but yeah, I mean, and I know Michael B. Jordan has been clear that he's he wasn't happy doing the... Not that he wasn't happy doing the Creed movies, but the, the, the amount of physicality and, um, that requires for the role... Right. And you saw it because if you watched Creed two, he was huge. And then we yeah. see him in Jeff Percy, he shriveled. Right. Um, not, he didn't look bad, but compared to what he looked like in Creed, there was a difference. So, and Michael B. Jordan's the same age as I am, if I recall. And I can under I can sympathize when like to get into that that boxing shape is gotta be arduous. And I can't imagine the kind of training he did. And I I I can sympathize for him, but so I can understand why that. He's probably not too eager going back to that role, but at the same time, the fans—he can't let the fans down. I think, I think I would—I would like to see one more movie. Thoughts? So would I. So would I. I mean, I—I I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first Creed. That was, you know, to me, it was—it was a surprise. You know, when I first heard that they were announcing, you know, when they first announced Creed, um, it sounded like an interesting take, but it also sounded like a fan rumor. If, if that yeah. makes sense yeah if, like I, something that like me and you would be like oh wouldn't it be cool if like apollo's son like grew up and became like the world champion and rocky like was was training him that's what it sounded yeah. like, you know and so when i saw it i didn't expect it to be as good as it was then again you know you have ryan coogler who's one yeah of that was my favorite introduction favorite to ryan yeah my my introduction to him was was fruitvale station which i loved and yeah. um, you know when you when you get a, a director of his caliber behind a movie like this, of course it's gonna be brilliant. You know, I liked Creed two also not as much as Creed one, but I really did enjoy it. And and oh, yeah. they left the door open for 
this there to be a three, a four, a five, and and for there to actually for this to turn into the new Rocky franchise. So I'm I'm interested to see what they're going to do. Now, as far as that being a rumor, I read in Deadline, I think, um, this morning that they've actually hired uh, they've officially hired somebody to write the script. So it, it's fingers crossed. I hope they yeah. use the script that I want. <laughs> <laughs> I know that like, they, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, buzz around this idea of Clubber Lang's son coming in. And, you yeah. know, I don't know if I like that idea because it's almost like an automatic. It's like that's where your mind would automatically I understand. Go, like okay, listen, I understand where you're coming from. I know it sounds forced, but you got to understand that I feel Clubber deserves the same treatment that Drago got. We need what the hell Clubber's been doing for the last 30 years? Because here's the right. thing. Uh, Stallone initially won at Clubber Lang in um, in Rocky Six in Rocky Balboa. He wanted right. that he wanted um, him to be like a, a um, an, either an announcer or a color guy mm -hmm. uh, for the fight. Sure. And Mr. T, for whatever reason, turned it down. Mm -hmm. uh, I would love to see where Clubber Lang is now. I would love to see if he's got a son. My, my fan cast would be Deontay Wilder, the Bronze Bomber. Well, yeah, I could see that. It would be, my, would that. be my fan cast. I mean, who mm -hmm. knows what they'll do. But I feel like we need to see what the hell Clubber's been up to the last 30 years, what he's become. Did he did he reform himself? Did he become a loser? Like, what happened to him? We right. never got – I feel like – and I still feel like Rocky Three is a high point in the series and a, and a fan favorite to a lot of people. So I feel like it's to the fan, the fan service, we deserve to see – what Clubber has been up to, and can we tie him in to Creed? Um, that's that's just my take on it. I really right, how right, and 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 I don't disagree with that. I just kind of think that the idea of like Clubber Lang's son being the 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 next enemy, or not the next enemy, but the but the next um, opponent is like it's a little it's a little too like on the nose for me yeah. I, I would i'd like to see clever long well, we've seen again it too. happen in boxing history it has happened we saw sure. Layla ali fought um joe frazier's daughter sure um sure. It, it, it's it's happened okay so it's not definitely not i mean i mean to in, any of these casual people that you know well, that's you're right. You, you know, it, it, that sounds a little forced, but no, it's happened. It's happened in boxing, and it it could certainly, you know, I mean, and that's one of the one thing that drove um, Creed too was like the promoter was like, yes, let's get right. these two in the ring. Like that was right. one, that was that was the key part of the story is that that greedy promoter was like, let's get these two together. I mean, let's sure. You know, but it's the it's the back it's the back the back thing that I think is problematic for me. So like okay. it, if if it wasn't Drago in the second uh, Creed movie and it was Clever Lang instead, I I would be like, yeah, absolutely, that makes perfect sense. But to have you know Drago's son uh, be defeated by Adonis and then. Uh, Sorry for anybody who hasn't seen Creed 2. I just gave away a huge spoiler, but <laughs> but you already knew that. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you know how these movies turn out. So anyway, um, for, for 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 Drago to be, you know, Drago the second to be defeated, and then now the next opponent is like another son of one of Rocky's opponents. To me, it's just, it's a little too much. Now I would yeah, like to- Yeah, but who, who says that um, Adonis has to win it in this next movie? Who says he has to win it? Right, right. I, I think I think like it would be a little more interesting to me to see Clubber in a different capacity. Like, mm -hmm. what if 
what if Clubber Lang does come back, like an older Clubber Lang does come back, and we've already heard that there's a, a huge possibility that, that Sly is not going to be in this next movie. You yeah, know, that he's probably going to be very, a, doing... Right, it and, and, and it's like we don't know the details whether or not he's going to be in it or not, but let's say that he's not, right? And that, that Donnie needs somebody to train him. Well, why not Clubber Lang? You know, why not bring him in and, and have him take on the role that his father took on in Rocky Three? That is interesting. You know, I, mean, you know, so, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, so if you put some kind of spin, and even that might be, you know, might have people being like, mm, you know, it's very Rocky Three. Well, but, you know. <laughs> like I said, at least, at least we would see what, you know, what's going on with Clubber. I mean, that's, that's, right, that's right. the thing that's kind of like driving me like off the wall right now. Like, we right. never got that, you know, what the hell's going on with Clubber, you know? So, sure. Like, I feel like that's like the last fan question. Right. And of anyone who's a fan of the Rocky and Creed series, I think that's like the last fan question. Well, what's Clubber been up to? Right. And that's definitely been on my mind too. Yeah. I, I would love to see Mr. T in this movie in some capacity. I would like to see him, period. I love the guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, he, like, he's been man. gone too long. I mean, I know he's active He's active on Twitter. I know he's mm -hmm. living a different life now, you know, sure. religious beliefs and whatnot. And I, mm -hmm. I, I totally respect him for that. I know, I know he's trying to get away from that. Uh, Come on, suck out the tough, tough guy image. I know he's trying to get away from that, um, but I feel like I think a good book end to his career is to reprise the role that made him famous in the first place. Yes, I, I can agree with that. I can, you know, on that we definitely agree. So, whatever in whatever capacity that turns out, you know, to be, I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So, you know, for those of you out there that are that are kind of watching this or listening to this, you know, just. Hit us up in the comments. Let us know what you think. And hell, maybe Creed 3 can be uh, uh, Oscar-worthy. Wink. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope. If they bring Ryan Coogler back, definitely. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to see Coogler. I would prefer Coogler to come back. Don't, don't worry. I, I like what Stallone did in the last movie, but if I had a choice between Stallone writing and directing, and I, I, I would pick Coogler. Yeah, That's just absolutely. I agree, with, I agree with you on that. So I just kind of nodded to the uh, the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So so to segue into into this next uh, topic, uh, the Oscars are making a few changes this year in light of COVID nineteen. Understandably so. Right. And so uh, you know, one of the big changes is that they are actually delaying the event and uh, they've actually changed the eligibility window. So that's going to now include movies that were originally intended to be released in, you know, sometime this year in 2020, um, but that will be released in the, in the first quarter of 2021. Yeah. So, um, you know, on the one hand, I think that that is a good idea and, yeah. and somewhat fair. But on the other hand, I kind of think it can very, very much like muddy the waters and kind of make it a little bit um, difficult for future years, you know, sort of causing a domino effect like, well, OK, you've got these other movies that are legitimately scheduled and will be released in 2021. You know, now it kind of narrows the pool for those. Yeah. So so, you know, you you've heard this news. I was wondering what you thought about that. Um, I think we all kind of saw it coming. Um, me personally, I think that the, uh, the, the, 
here's the thing the eligibility it's gonna ruin what most people refer to oscar season like right. there used to be that small window of the oscar season that we right. you know the, 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 the late fall early winter oscar season movies that right that we all flock to and now it's like now there is not gonna be an oscar season now and now it's just like okay well what came out in this year that so it, it does throw me off a little bit because one thing i look forward to is the oscar season because all these right. oscar big movies come out i look forward to that like yeah. all right oscar season let's go see these oscar you know these oscar non-movies or whatever and and now, now this puts kind of a damper on thing. Now there's now I feel like it kills Oscar season. Now it's I mean I go to movies regularly anyway, but mm-hmm. now this kills the Oscar season. Right. It, it definitely kills that vibe. Right. So, you know that's one thing to consider. And then another thing to consider is that now because the pool of films is going to be so much bigger or seemingly so much bigger, it it's. It's going to make movies that came out at the beginning of 2020 much more forgettable, right? Yeah. So the very beginning of the year, um, before we even started um, doing our show, a movie came out that I absolutely love, that I absolutely think is the best movie of 2020, and that is The Gentleman. Yes. And, and I think that, you know, I mean, it's just an incredible movie from top to bottom. You know, I mean, you have a perfect cast, you know, Matthew McConaughey, um, you know, basically, you know, anybody who's anybody who's, is in this film. It's amazing. And um, I think that by this time next year, well, by the time Oscar season rolls around next year, you're going to completely forget that that even came out in 2020. You know, and um, you know, a handful of films that have come out in this first quarter yeah. are going to are, are most likely going to get left by the wayside as a result, and that's my yeah. biggest worry because I, I really do think that you know people are going to sleep on some real gems as a as yeah. a result of this decision. I, I can agree to that. And another movie I want to add to the what you just said, uh, Ben Affleck's The Way Back. Oh yeah, yeah. That was another one that I really enjoyed. That you know to see Ben that side of Ben Affleck was it was not a fun watch but a very powerful watch and right. you know obviously it came out at the beginning of March and we all know what happened after that and right so yeah that's so yeah there's a handful there were a handful of great movies in 2020 that's probably didn't get the shaft by the Oscars regardless unless yeah well one one good thing that they're that they are doing to sort of alleviate the situation is that this year they're going to expand the um the amount of nominees for best picture from five. I don't to like it. You don't like that. I okay. don't like it. Here's right, why. Well, why don't you like that? Because people like I'm a cinema snob. Okay, <laughs> I was I was fortunate enough. Um, I watched every single best picture movie that was nominated. You know, um, 1917, Joker. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, what was that foreign flick again? That one. Um, wow. Parasite? I can't. I can't. The Korean movie. Parasite. Yes, Parasite. Like, I mm-hmm. caught all those movies. Mm-hmm. It was great. I was like, all right. So there was like five or six nominees. I was able to watch them all. Great. Right. And then I, I can make a conscious decision. Well, what movie's worthy of winning? You know, right. now that they expanded it to 10, it's going to be so hard, not just for me, but for everybody sure. to go see these movies. What if they're either, whether they're still in theaters or not? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be hard to catch all 10 movies and make. And then make the fans, you know, make their own make decision. Like, oh, yeah. Movie, well, what movie's going to win? Well, there's 10 movies we got to see. Well, 
well, this movie won. Well, I didn't see that movie. Right. A lot easier when there was only like five or six nominees, and it's like, okay, go see all five movies. Great. These now we now there's ten, and right. like that's gonna be a lot. Of, it's gonna cost the fans a lot of money to go out to, the, to see these movies, and it's gonna cost, and it's gonna be like, it's just gonna be difficult to, to catch all these movies, and then when then when the movie like whatever movie wins or whatever movie doesn't win, well, it's like, all right, well, I didn't get around to that movie, you know, like that, right. that's. The problem I have, so I can't agree with you there. Man. I think okay. I don't no, like I, the. I think if they were going to expand it, they shouldn't have doubled the nominees. They should maybe added a couple more. Not sure. Double. Sure. Well, what it, what I what I do think. I mean, I think that this kind of helps the situation. But what I think would have been a better solution is to kind of mimic what the Baftas are doing, right? So the British equivalent of the Oscars for a lot of people that that aren't familiar with it. Um, what they decided to do was to open up the eligibility to movies that would have had a theatrical release, but wound up going straight to VOD. So if we were to do that and keep the number of nominees the same as we do every year, I think that that would somewhat normalize the situation. And it would also get a lot more eyes on those movies, you know, because if something is already on um you know is already streaming it's already available and you find out that hey this is nominated for best picture this is nominated for best supporting actor you're much more likely to to go to amazon prime or to netflix or wherever wherever it's debuted and watch it as opposed to you know uh going to your local theater especially now you know especially in in the coming months to try to try to go out and see like you said like 10 movies so um, so I, I, I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, I kind of feel like just for this year, if, 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 if that's our option, it's better than just kind of keeping it status quo. Uh, status and then the, quo. Other, the other problem I have is if you're going to expand the best picture novel, why not expand all the other ones too? I agree with that. Yes. Yeah, totally. Like why just best picture? It should be, because you know, and I... And I think that last it should be all, that there way There were so anyway. many great actors last year, so many great performances last year. That, that got they're, left they're on gonna, the table. They're going to get shafted because it's right. like, well, Best Picture's going to get 10 nominees. Well, 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 best Actor, there's, right. there were so many great performances that maybe people didn't catch. So like I said, I don't like, I don't like this. If you're going to expand um, one category, why not expand all of them? You can't, right. uh, I don't like it. I don't know how this is going to, I don't know if this is going to stick, honest to God. We'll, well see. You know, it's, uh, you know, the, the Oscars also, you know, the, the Academy has in a, a history of kind of making knee jerk decisions without actually like thinking about the minute details. So you're probably right. They've, they've probably gone ahead and announced what they plan on doing without meeting as a committee and saying, hey, this is how we're, this is, these are the pluses and minuses of doing it this way. So, you know, I would also expect, you know, in the next few months to sort of hear that there's some kind of revision to this rule or or this, this, uh, this change. So we'll see what happens. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, just a quick announcement of Nerd Cage Live is now on Spotify. Yes. we're We're trying to expand as much as we can. And uh, speaking of Spotify, uh, DC is jumping on the on Spotify. So, Mark, you want to say something yeah. about that one? Yeah. So, you know, big ups to Spotify, you know, for a start, for really kind of, you know, 
take these bigger strides to to make themselves stand out as far as podcasts and audio streaming you know what they've done with you know the deal with joe rogan is just yep. you know phenomenal um I, I hear they're doing a similar thing with kim kardashian um they're coming out with these very interesting um other podcasts there's a scorpions podcast called uh, winds of change um so uh to get back to the to the topic of dc they've actually partnered with warner brothers to uh, come out with a series of audio dramas that are based in the DC universe. And what's notable about this, according to um, according to the DC website, this is the first time that any uh, multimedia company has uh, acquired the IP rights to use all the characters in the DC universe. So not just you know, our heavy hitters like, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, but also some, you know, some of the, some of the, uh, you know, deep cuts like Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, yeah. Huntress and, you know, Black Canary. And so uh, it's going to be a really interesting, um, uh, you know, series, I think, or not series, but groups of series, audio series to sit and listen to. And I think it's gonna attract not only DC fans, not only comic book fans, but you know, people who might be interested in the CW shows or people who might be interested in the DCEU or even, you know, just people who aren't necessarily comic book people, but are uh, just people who want, want something new to listen to in their car while they, you know, sit in traffic for an hour. So I, I think it's, it's a big win for DC, big win for Spotify, big win for us fans. So uh, I just want to find out what you what you thought about that, Jay. Well, it's kind of funny because now we're like historically speaking, when uh, before TV was around, radio was the thing, and we had all these radio shows and whatnot, um, uh, like The Shadow. And right. I remember, you know, I, I'm a media student. I remember when World of, War of the Worlds came out on like radio. That special that was like that was right. huge, and it was imaginative. So um, it's kind of cool that. You know, a hundred years later, we're going back to that style of programming. So right. it'll be an interesting turnout. I mean, I don't know how. I mean, I'll check it out for sure, but I don't know how how it's going to stick with um, a modern audience. But it'll, it'll be sure interesting to see how it turns out. Right. I mean, you know, we we won't know anything until we hear, you know, even the first announcement of you know yeah. what's going to be the first what's going to be the first series what's going to set the tone for this particular dc universe yeah. right so for all we know it could be the first the first uh show could be i don't know something extremely um something extremely uh deep cut right like it could be like an icon yeah. series or it could be static or something like that or it could be something major like maybe they're going to yeah. do the audio version of the Flashpoint Paradox and, and, and talk about the Flash going back in time to see his mom and like, you know, like it, it, it could be anything at this point, you know, like I think that's what's exciting about it. Just kind of hearing that and kind of yeah. letting your mind wander as far as the possibilities. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm very I would like to see uh, Kevin Conroy come back as Batman. Uh, right. I think golden opportunity right there uh, for uh, Oops, sorry, my dog's pulling on my cord. 
Um, my dog's sleeping right next to me, and his <laughs> his paw he just <laughs> stretches his paw out and yeah. back over my whole setup. That happens. Uh, um, yeah, I would love to see Kevin Conroy um, come back as Batman. That that would be a fantastic start. A familiar character, a familiar voice actor. Uh, golden opportunity right there. Whether they move forward with that, I don't know, but right. uh, that would be massive as a fan to me right. uh, to see something like that happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, the you know Kevin Conroy to me is he he is the voice of Batman. You know, like he's been playing him since as far back as I can remember, probably longer yeah. than any other actor has played Batman. Yeah. When I read comics. I actually saw an interesting meme the other day that, yep. that, said, that you hear you know, my voice. You right? hear my voice yep. whenever you whenever you read a Batman comic. It's true. Like when I read a Batman comic, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice. So it would be amazing. It'd be a, a, an incredible coup if you could get him to to voice Batman in these shows. And if not him, I think that you get you know somebody like Bruce Greenwood, who in the past has, yeah. has done a similar type of voice um, and does a great job at you know as as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. For all we know, we could we could wind up with somebody brand new that we love yep. ten times more than than these other guys. Yeah. And yeah, so. and it gives a lot of voice actors um, the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a, a particular voice actor named uh, Matthew Farden who did our fantastic intro, by the way. So yeah. maybe an opportunity there man. for someone like him to get on to get on that uh, platform. Yeah, he'd make a great Joker. <laughs> he would make a great Joker. Oh yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that man can do. So, yeah, uh, yeah th- there's your shout out, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keeping in the realm of DC, uh, I mean, we could not end the show without talking about this. Um, we did see a very small snippet, but it was probably the most powerful snippet I can remember, and that is the teaser, the teaser of the teaser. Yes. For the uh, Justice League Zack Snyder version. Oh my god! I was, yes, I, that was that I was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was like the coolest fifteen seconds. It really was. Right, and and you know, going back to going back to that that uh, conversation that we had, you know, about Snyder's um, Snyder's take on on Justice League, his particular edit. We see sort of scenes that were intended for that movie that tell almost a complete it, it just that one scene that we saw takes it in a completely different direction than what we saw in the theater you yeah. know and it kind of gives kind of gives me a little bit Wonder more Woman hope in, in the cave looking at the mural and like I'm just, I'm just like wow we didn't we didn't get that like I was like oh my gosh it was just it was powerful and now right. it's really cool I was just reading a couple minutes ago that um, one of the another cool tidbits we're going to get in the Snyder version here is uh, we're going to get more backstory to the death of Robin. David oh, Ayer yeah. and Zach both confirmed that we're, we they're going to we're going to get more um, background on the death of Robin. You know, spoiler alert: Batman versus Superman. We all saw the picture that you know of Bruce Wayne looking at the Robin costume. Right. We're going to get a little bit more of that. So it's just like, oh my god, the more and more news comes out about this movie, the more excited I get. And with the DC fandom coming out. Um, I cannot wait to see that uh, that the um, the press conference there with uh, I guess Zack Snyder is going to be having a huge um, panel for um, you know Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh yeah, are you talking about the um, their sort of alternative to to Comic Con yeah. to where they're yeah that's going to be pretty interesting I think. Um, 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I was thinking about checking that out. I don't know anything about the pricing or how that's going to work. Um, but, you know, as opposed to just completely uh, canceling Comic-Con and having that be that, um, I think that this is a pretty, pretty good idea for DC oh, yeah. to at least try to set up something so that the fans can, can uh, at least experience it from home, you know, to, yeah. to a certain degree and be able to, to get some of this information and see some of the trailers that you would normally see at Comic-Con as opposed to seeing them, you know, waiting three or four months to see them somewhere else. So, you know, I, I think this is going to be a good thing. Yeah, not only that, but the one thing I was um, hearing people talk, um, was, I've been to a few cons, but nothing big, just some local sure. cons. I've never been to, I am, I've never been to New York City Comic Con, which is not far, too far. Never been to San Diego Comic Con. Those are like the two biggest ones. But here's the thing that everyone's talking about is the the whole Hall H thing. Okay, right. as cool as that as that is, they don't get a lot of time to do their panel. They're really brief. Right. This DC panel, DC can take as much time as they want to talk about all their upcoming projects and movies and whatever. Right. So it's not going to be like Hall H where it's a, it's a bit quick in a hurry. Oh, we got to get on, be, you know, before Marvel does. We got to make sure there's, you know, these time slots. Right. This is going to be golden opportunity. So none of that's going to have access. Everyone's going to have access to it. But the, the time spent on all the stuff that they're going to talk about is going to be a lot more than the, what they were given at Comic-Con all these years. Right. Not only that, but, you know, uh, from what I understand, Hall H is extremely limited. So, you know, unless you unless you uh, get there super early or find a way to, to to reserve a space in there, a lot of times you get left out. Too. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I've heard the stories of people just waiting and waiting and waiting and they're, they're not, you know, allowed in because they've already reached capacity or whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, people this is a long way and stuff like exactly, you know, exactly. So, so, so yeah. So in addition to everything you just said, it's going to, it's going to sort of open up the possibility for everybody to see what's, you know, what's behind the curtain, you know? So, you know, I think, I think, uh, in a lot of ways, this is a, this is a positive thing that is, uh, that has come out of the, the Comic-Con, uh, on-site cancellation at least. Yes. Well, I'm glad we touched up on that. Um, so I just want to, re- I just, well, first of all, before we go, Mark, happy Father's Day to you. Thank um, you. I saw all your personal posts today. They were, it was, it was lovely to see, you know, how your family feels about you and all, and the, how you feel about, you know, you know, your parents, whatnot. I mean, it was happy Father's Day, man. You're a hardworking guy. I'm, it's a blessing to be able to work, work with you, man. And uh, happy Thanks, Father's man. Day to all the fathers out there. Um, I am not one of them, but uh, I appreciate my <laughs> father. Uh, and like everyone who's listening out there, uh, we happy Father's Day, and we thank you for listening to our program. We thank you for subscribing. We are at, we just we passed over 50 subscribers. We want to get to 100, so please, uh, spread the word out. We we are working so hard to make this show better. The best is yet to come. So for that, I say thank you. So please, let's get to 100 subscribers. That's our goal, immediate goal round. Let's get to 100. We can do it. Uh, exciting things are happening. There's a lot more to come. So please, before we go, we ask you to pretty please like, comment, ring that bell, tell everybody, spread this shit like syphilis. So to you, I say, and again, let me, re- re- let me reiterate, we are on YouTube, we are on Spotify, we are on Podbean. So there are multiple ways to catch us. We promise we are working hard every day 
to, to make this more accessible to everybody. And we're, we're, we're working hard behind the scenes every day. Um, and you guys, the fans who are listening, you guys motivate us. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, Mark, anything to add to that? No, nope, just uh, reiterating exactly what you said. And, uh, you know, just make sure that uh, you like, subscribe. If, you know, if you feel inclined, comment. Let us know what you think. Let us know what we can do better. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you know, we're we're in this to, you know, not only talk about movies, but to talk about things that, that you guys like. So, yeah, and connect you know, with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's coming is, soon. Is, all right. We're, we're, we're the webcast itself is coming soon. We're just working a few perks out. So, yes, this is going to this is this is a show for for us and for the fans. And here it's, 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 it's a party. It's a hangout. And it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So do you I say from Louisville to Syracuse to our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live. Enjoy life. Stay safe and good night. Sayonara.